every weekday evening at 6, Wildcat 91.9 Sports tackles the day's top headlines about your favorite teams, your favorite players, and who's putting numbers on the board. As always, Wildcat 91.9 Sports is supported by Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville, Meritrust Credit Union of Manhattan, Meadowlark Hills Retirement Community, Midwest Dream Car Collection, and by WTC Fiber Communications. Tonight's skill player is Jasmine Halliburton. She's not complicated, but she can't be replicated because no one is doing it quite like her. It's time to run it back with Jasmine Halliburton on Wildcat 91.9. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back. You guys heard the big man. I am Jasmine Halliburton. I am joined in studio with me is John Grove here on a Halloween night. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, things are getting a little bit spooky around these parks. Just ask the Oklahoma State Cowboys if y'all know what I'm saying. (laughs) Absolutely whooping that ass. 48 to nothing on Saturday. And I'm doing this show, but hey, guess what? I am also two places at once. I didn't know that was possible, but ladies and gentlemen, anything is possible when it's Jasmine Halliburton in the booth. You feel me? Because I am also doing the women's basketball game for ESPN+. Plus. So, yeah, this she, is called magic, ladies and gentlemen. She, she created her, her own clone. Exactly. See? Because I'm like that. I got it like that. Y'all heard the big man. No one is doing it quite like she is, okay? Because I have she, a clone in these she parts. She can't be com- she might be complicated, Very. but she is def- but she can be replicated. Yeah, he said I couldn't be replicated. Well, you're wrong, you're Ed. Wrong. Ed, I can be replicated because here I am. But <laughs> anywho, John and ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I will repeat it again because it's so much fun saying that Kansas State absolutely tapped that ass against the Oklahoma State Cowboys on Saturday, beating them 48 to nothing. Now, you see, I I had every bit of faith in the world that we could win this game. I truly, truly did. But did I know that we were going to win like that? No, John, I did not. I did not either. I could have sworn that Oklahoma State had a little bit of fight and a little, just a little bit of pep in their step, even though, Mm -hmm. granted, they came in injured. But guess the hell what? So did we. Okay? We also came in injured. And I still was expecting Oklahoma State to do something, just swing a little bit. But, no, they was just absolutely just taking it. Up against the ropes, the entire sixty minutes, John. I mean, was what were they still in Stillwater? I didn't see them show up at all. I'm telling you, I didn't see them show up at all. See, I mean, yeah, of course you're. I mean, you're you're dealing with a lot of injuries at Oklahoma State, and you're dealing with a lot of injuries at K State as well. But guess what? We're midway through the season, and I mean, you're expecting a few injuries or so. But I mean, this just this is just plain and simple. Oklahoma State looked absolutely terrible yesterday. Oh no, they looked. They looked awful, and honestly, I was walking up and down the sidelines because I was shadowing the Fox sideline reporter, which was cool and everything. You got to see me in the student section. I saw you in the student section. I saw Jake Foyle in the student section. Y'all have heard him on the show a few times as well. I was just hollering at at all the homies, you know. But I was walking up and down the sideline, and Oklahoma State sideline the entire time was just flat. 
Mm -hmm. It was like literally from the word go. Granted, I was walking up the sideline. They had a little bit of happy-go-lucky to them early, but then they got down 21-0, and then we thought, oh, that's done. But then Spencer Sanders threw the interception, and we thought, oh, yeah, that's definitely going to be done. But even Spencer Sanders came to the sideline. He was kind of smiling a little bit, cracking a little jokey joke. Well, guess what? Ain't Jack was funny on that side of the sideline because now that you had this game to keep rolling like it did, oh, man, I had never seen a sideline so utterly invisible, if that made any sense that I think I've ever had. I, I know at one point there was some conversations between Gundy and, and Sanders, which were not uh, – which in terms of a conflict were not resulting very well in its in its own parts but um uh i mean this i mean it was definitely like a a completely different opposite side k-state was ready i mean they were just ready to put the hammer on it offensively and defensively they just like better when it comes to the lines of scrimmage i mean will howard had the game of his life absolutely i mean even with the defense being as depleted as they are with daniel green being out uh, Khalid Duke uh, being ejected for the first half, um, and then Felix having um, being danged up, and then you look at the secondary core, uncertain about that. I mean, everybody. I mean, those guys especially just came out and they just took Oklahoma State right out from the get go. It was a phenomenal performance. Exactly, and I was I was not expecting that. We talked about it last week on the show saying we didn't know what this defense was going to look like. Granted, we've gotten more updates throughout the week, but on Monday when I, when we last had this show, we didn't know what it was going to look like. All, from our eyes, we had a completely depleted defense. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be a shootout, 100%. No matter who was quarterbacking, really, we thought it was going to be a shootout because it had to be It's going to be back and forth, this, that, and the third. That's what a lot of people expected. I'm I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State was probably expecting the same thing. Well, of course, they always expect to put points on the board considering they're like one of the top offenses in the Big 12 just behind TCU. And for them to be blanketed like that, I never in my days would have expected that from them. And you could say all you want with them offensively, but I know defensively they was getting their behinds lit up because none other than – Will Howard, King William, Iron Will, Iron Will, absolutely showing up to the cut and showing out. And honest, no one, no one knew who was starting on Saturday. When I mean nobody knew, nobody knew. Not even the coaching staff knew. Not mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez. Not Will Howard. No one knew who was going to start. And I, I tell you this, the story about how that was kind of transpiring, at least from my end, because I was on the sidelines. I was with the sideline reporter and. She and the guys in the booth, they didn't know who was going to start. And it was about maybe, a, a, like, I'm talking about minutes. Minutes before the like the team ran out of the tunnel did they find out that Will Howard was going to start. Like, she had like she had to write something up on the spot for Will Howard. or she And she had things prepared for whatever with if Adrian Martinez was going to start or if Will Howard was going to start. You just really had no clue about who was going to start and even Coach Kleiman, he will walk you through this process of even that decision being made and how last minute it truly was. So here's Coach Kleiman. Colin and I spoke with both quarterbacks together, and um, um, Adrian didn't feel like he was 100% confident in what he was going to be able to do, and I appreciate that because the kid's a team player. And uh, we knew we were going to be good either way because Will had taken most of the reps with the ones. and. This game we thought was going to be less quarterback run and more spinning it and throwing the football around. And so we made the decision that uh, Will was going to go. Everybody was at peace with that decision. And it seemed to be a pretty 
good decision. Even though, granted, I I think the outcome, I feel like it probably would have been the same even if Adrian Martinez was in the game. They just brought completely different aspects of the game where we thought Will Howard and Adrian Martinez, they had some similarities in their game. Will Mm -hmm. Howard, of course, the first two years and – uh, with him in 2020 and a little bit in 2021, Will Howard knows how to run. He know he knows how to use his feet. Granted, Adrian Martinez, he, he's just much faster than Will Howard because Will Howard, he's a, literally a grown man. He's like 6'4", probably like 240 pounds. He's a big boy. He is a, he is a big boy. So, of course, Adrian Martinez, he was not small himself, but he just got a little bit more, you know, giddy up in his running ability. And so I feel like that's just, it just brought a whole different aspect to this offense, which we all knew that they were capable of. And that was spreading the field and throwing the ball downfield. And it was so incredibly evident from the word go, because like you said, John, K-State dominated literally from, from, from jump, from jump street that they dominated. And a lot of people always pointed this out offensively. Like we've seen some spurts throughout time and time throughout the past few games K-State has been pretty conservative with the play calling, especially uh, in the second half against TCU. People were wondering how K-State was able able going to handle um, just really the the rushing attack from Oklahoma State. Um, Their their secondary course, pretty impressive despite being banged up as well. Um, But, man, I mean, on that fourth down conversion, when Howard threw the deep ball to Cade Warner, Mm -hmm. he got that that dime. Um, I'm – I knew for sure. I knew for certain that the offense was going to be in full in good hands at, right after that. I'm telling you, and it was on a fourth and ten. Fourth and ten. A fourth and, and it ten. It was a far fourth, fourth and ten, possibly like around midfield. It was. It was. In, it was insane how how it was because we all we all know Coach Kleiman is not a weenie. He does not reside at Super Weenie Hut Junior. Okay, he goes to the Salty Splatoon. That's that's where he enjoys his meals. And for those who get SpongeBob. I, I know y'all got that reference. But anywho, the man's not a weenie. He will go for it on fourth down, and that's why so that's why we love him. Okay, that's why K-State fans love him. And he said in his press conference that the reason that they were going to go on go for it on fourth down, it was originally a fourth and five, and they got a false start penalty yep. that pushed them to fourth and ten. And honestly, I thought they were going to kick the field goal. And we, of course, that, that's that been a little bit spotty as far as, you know, who's going to be kicking the field goals. We'll get into that uh, later in the show. But he was like, you know what? We're not going to win this game with just field goals. And at that time, more than likely, right, expecting a, a shooter. This is the number 19 in the country. And, of course, at that time, we didn't know we were going to beat them as bad as we did. But still, you don't you you don't want to beat a number 19 in the country by just field goals. That's impossible for you to do when you're already such an underdog. So he's like, you know what? Forget it. We going for it. And then Will Howard absolutely putting it on the money mm-hmm. to Cade Warner. And and at the same time, I mean, the kicking game was a little bit uncertain as well. Yeah. With Chris Tennant and Ty Zender. We'll get to that later on. Um, but we've seen in the past two games that connection with Will Howard um, to Cade Warner um, just completely. I mean, just just show and possibly the best ways. Cade Warner came up with the impressive catch against TCU last week. That he did. Many many outraces to uh, outpasses a defender or whatever you want to call it, but. Um, he, he, I mean, he just got there right on the nick of time, just an absolute dime from him. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was just a great play overall. Honestly, Cade Warner is just turning into that dude for, for K-State. Yeah, and, and look at it. I mean, from last year, he didn't really play too much of a significant impact, maybe right. as a le- leadership role, and he's got a few catches here and there. 
but we've seen him over the past few games. He he has four he has four touchdown passes, um, and one of which looks really impressive. And then you got another one that that really just got K State cooking. Like like exactly like that, that was really the momentum factor uh, very early on for K State. There's just so many momentum swings, and honestly, Cade Warner was in a quite a hefty portion of those. But still, we have to talk about. Will Howard and just the incredible job that he's done and just we all we all know where this kid started from. We literally mm-hmm. like started from the bottom. Now we hear is literally the pinnacle of the Will Howard story because he came in in 2020, just a child, a literal child, <laughs> a, a freshman who just graduated like months prior to the season. He was a literal child and a lot a lot of people like jump jumped him <laughs> essentially in the job that he was doing and then pretty much the same thing last year and it's so it was so good to see Will Howard not only do this because of what he's been through and stuff like that but also just to get this win the way that he did against Oklahoma State because his first start I, I think was his first start he came in for Skylar Thompson in the middle of the game between uh, Nevada and then he started it was against uh, Oklahoma State so, right uh Thompson got injured during the Southern Illinois game. So he, so he, that was so the second start was against Oklahoma State last year. Was yeah, it? second start was against Oklahoma State last year. Okay, then yeah. So his second start against Oklahoma, it was against Oklahoma State last year, and that's we all know how that game went. It sucked for us. It started great. I do recall that game did start good for like half a quarter, and then the Oklahoma State defense just started to become Oklahoma State's defense. We we know about that. And, and then twenty, yeah, and go for it. And let's talk about that for a second. Um, we we all know how how legit Oklahoma State's defense was under Jim Knowles last year. Yeah, he's over at Ohio State now, having a lot of success with their defense. Um, and now you bring in Derek Mason, and all you're seeing now, Oklahoma State's starting to give up 30, 40 plus a game to some mm-hmm. to some of the teams that Oklahoma Explosive State should be plays, yeah. annihilating. And I mean, they just I mean, giving up a giving up a complete forty burger. It's just, I mean, to K-State, especially to a backup quarterback. I mean, Will Howard, I mean, Will Howard is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the way he's played over the past two games, it's made me feel a lot more comfortable with the with the situation for next year. But you gave up 48 points. I mean, that's just that's just not cutting it from Oklahoma not State standards. All. Not at all. But um, I mean, I'm just feeling. I'm really happy for Will Howard. But way the team uh, carried it uh, carried him. Uh, Towards towards the locker room or something like that. It's like he, a I mean, scene in a movie. It, it's like it's no, it's like Rudy. It's, yeah, it was it's, like it's, Rudy. Yeah, it was like, like a scene from Rudy. It's kind of like Rudy, or or back when Bill Snyder won his final game as in his first in as a head coach, he was being carried by his players as well. Yeah, this was one that Will Howard deserved, and especially 100%. with some of and especially with his struggles against Oklahoma State. I mean, that just makes it more fitting because he's already exactly he's already starred twice against Oklahoma State. Exactly, and in 2020 where. Unfortunately, like he fumbled and it ended up back in the hands of a it's Oklahoma like a, State defender, and he ran that to like a, I don't want it's like a seventy-yard touchdown. It's like a that's how the game ended. Interception. Yeah, the ball never touched the ground, but it just popped out of his hands and into an Oklahoma State defender, and that's essentially how the game ended. And that would have been a huge win for us with a backup quarterback in Will Howard at that time. So it was just so good to see him dominate this team who has had his number for literally two years now (laughs) where Oklahoma State has gone up against a backup quarterback for three straight seasons with it being Will Howard and here's coach climbing on Will and just just where just where he's been man he he's just such a confident guy and all the stuff that he has gone through has prepared him for this moment 
prepared him for last week too. And uh, um, our guys, our our players, and this is a player-led team. Our players believe in him. Honestly, Will Will Howard was moving like a confident dude. Mm-hmm. Like the throws that he had had some zip on it. There was another. There was another play where it and it happened last week against TCU as well. To where he had a man deep. Uh, I don't. I want to say it was just like in between the numbers and the left hash, where he kind of had to like softly get it over the hands of a linebacker, but also have enough velocity to get it between like corner and a safety that was coming at him. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Yeah, that he did the same exact thing against Oklahoma State, and for him to do that for one one for any quarterback to do that, that takes a lot of skill. Where you just need the nice, the soft enough touch or the enough art to get it over the outstretched hands of a linebacker and into the hands of your guy, with still having that pinpoint accuracy. That takes confidence, guys. <laughs> And for him to just be doing that, just coming off the bench, like in the cut to do that, and he did that against TCU, and they did that again against Oklahoma State. He's he was just he was just on one. He really mm-hmm. was, and you can't say that it was a fluke because he was on one at TCU too. It was just unfortunately play calling and execution just kind of failed him against TCU, but that was not the case against Oklahoma State. I mean, I mean, you you just said it right there. I mean, he finished the game twenty one of thirty seven for two hundred and ninety six yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he did an excellent job leading the offense. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't even get sacked. Nah, and the game was the game was so lopsided. We'll let the game so Jake Rubley can come in for a few snaps as well. I mean, it's not ideal or anything to see. I mean, we I mean, seeing Skylar Thompson out last year, Adrian Martinez was on the sidelines with his injury. But Howard is good enough at this point to win football games for K-State. And not just win, just dominate them. Dominate. Obviously, That's the defense right. had a huge part in it. We, we, we know that, and we will get to that later as well, how well the defense did. But just like, it was just deflating. The mm-hmm. Oklahoma defense, Oklahoma State defense, and we talked about it, Oklahoma State has never had a bad defense, I will say. And, of course, last year they were on a different level. The head, co- the coordinator for them is now doing it big at Ohio State. And here, even then, like, there's no way you should be allowing to put a 48-nugget piece on them to zero. Well, I kind of think of this as the two-lane game from uh, from a few from a few weeks back as well. K-State had, I mean, well, putting kind of similar. Uh, so K-State had the explosive offensive plays that were able to let them uh, – score on big drives and then you also had to play I mean you also had some drives that were short passes and you're just moving the ball down the uh, moving the ball down the field pretty slowly um, so you can keep Spencer Sanders and that offense off the field for the most part so uh, I mean the time of possession as well I mean man uh, I mean the time of possession was I mean what was it you it was K-State's like time of possession minutes. it was yeah K-State had a 35 minutes and 29 seconds Man. to Oklahoma State's 24 that's, minutes that's, and 31 that's seconds. That's almost 11 minutes. Exactly. And, and we talked about this last week yep. where if K-State had wanted a chance to win, they had to keep that high-powered Oklahoma State offense on the sidelines. Of course, this is when we thought our defense was not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. But time of possession was going to be key mm-hmm. on helping our defense and completely like stunting the Oklahoma State offense. And – they they honestly it was just a check mark all over the place on how well they just did everything guys and we're going to talk about more after this short break but once again it is halloween so enjoy a little bit of thriller we will be right back here on run it back on wildcat 91 and 9.
Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know what it is. Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. Joined in studio with me is none other than John Grove. Yes, John. I got, I got one question. What is your favorite Halloween costume to dress up as? Oh my gosh, favorite Halloween costume to dress as? Like, like, if I could do it a Halloween costume or just all Halloween costumes I've ever done? And which one was uh, my favorite? All the ones that you have done and what's your favorite? Oh gosh, um, gosh, I can't say I haven't done a whole lot of Halloween stuff in in recent years, man. Uh, okay, I dressed up as. Oh boy, I hate that I'm so uncreative as a child. I would say a clown, but I feel like that's just I'm just setting myself up for jokes if I say that. <laughs> so. Oh, did you see the um, Jimbo Fisher? I mean, the Lane Kippen quote last night. Yeah, where he said he's like Joker or something for um, what's his face I'm from sure, the I'm sure. I'm sure Jimbo Fisher has a Joker suit, has a Joker suit waiting for me. <laughs> Probably, because oh this God. man is an enemy of Jimbo Fisher. But it's funny. But honestly, I, I okay. I dressed up as a clown when I, when I was younger, and honestly, I know I'm setting myself up for the jokes. But I looked, I looked like a, I was cute as hell. Okay, I was like six. All right. So, and if I remember it, that's how I know it was that damn good. But if it could do a costume right now, I would probably be an East Compton Clover from Bring It On. I always wanted to do that, East that's Compton cool. Clover. So, if y'all, you know what? Why not next year? Y'all got some Halloween parties to invite me to for for next year. I would love to be there dressed up as an she, East Compton she's a, Clover. She's a party girl. I am a party girl, but I party literally on my couch by myself, <laughs> watching TV and Netflix and being on my phone. If you guys consider that a party, then absolutely. If I want to get real <laughs> spicy, I'll pour myself a glass of wine or something, and that's it. That's my literal party. I know it's disappointing. I don't do much. Oh, well, sue me. Don't really, because you will be getting absolutely no money from me because I'm broke. But anywho, okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about somebody who's broke, and that's going to be the Oklahoma State Cowboys because, that's man, right. they went to the bank and the check bounced. Okay, the check absolutely bounced coming to the bank, and that bank being Bill Snyder Family Stadium because they got their butts handed to them. There's no there's no if ands, or buts to it. It was It was embarrassing one to say but i mean it was cool nice. it was cool for us it, oh no oh yeah it was, it was fantastic for us we i mean what was what was more to expect you we, know what we, i mean but <laughs> we benefit so much out of it i mean oh, we'll, so, we'll so take much. it we'll take it any any given day without a doubt um man i mean just talk about i mean just talk about a completely depleting performance by oklahoma state i mean i know there were a lot of injuries and, and their starting quarterback sanders he wasn't 100 percent healthy right but there was no excuse after what after that performance that was that was absolutely terrible he didn't play well he ended up getting injured in the fourth quarter after after getting sacked by felix um the offense was pathetic the defense i mean the defense was even worse i mean they gave i mean like we talked about it they gave a 48 points nearly 500 yards there was not a single positive takeaway i have for oklahoma state not in one. this game not at all it, it was it's it's best to completely forget about this game and move on and and you got to deal with Kansas next week at the same time slot as well in Lawrence 
Uh, so, I mean, I mean that you just got to move on. But that was just a disgraceful performance on Mike Gundy's Mike Gundy's squad. Honestly, it it completely and utterly was. And here, here's a I pulled a little bit of something from Gundy's press conference from Saturday as well. Please take a listen. We weren't prepared. Um, we just weren't. We we weren't very physical up front. Um, we couldn't do much uh, to balance ourselves offensively. Um, we we just we weren't prepared, and um, it's really pretty simple. And uh, and I'll take uh, responsibility for that. I, I learned a good lesson. Talk about not prepared. I'm, that's mm-hmm. an understatement. I mean, it looked like they just didn't show up at all. They didn't get on the bus. It was some other JV squad that showed up in Manhattan and not them. But, I mean, you can only make so many excuses because they were hurt. We understand that. But, guys, we were hurt too. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, we had a backup quarterback in, and granted, Will Howard is arguably – if not the best backup quarterback in the country. We've heard we've heard these statements before, but to not put up anything on offense was an absolute shocker to me. Like they had they had 14 first downs, they were 5 for 15 on third down, 1 for 4 on fourth down. They punted the ball 6 times. They had they had three turnovers, which was a definite huge and credit to our defense for that. They lost the fumble on a run that I thought would have probably got the party started for them in the first quarter. I don't re- fully was it Presley who had that who had that, that catch and run it was it was somebody I believe it was Presley it might have it might have been Presley who had it he was you know had a good run got a uh, got a uh, see Josh Hayes had a terrible angle for him to get the ball and make the tackle and he was breaking tackles and all of a sudden you had um, uh, Austin Moore I think punched the ball yeah, out he, yeah, Brendan punched- Mott. Yeah, came he, up with the recovery, mm-hmm. and that was it. I wanted it was inside their red zone where where he ended up. Uh, if that if that was Presley, where he ended up was inside the red zone. And if it if he did not turn the ball over, that would definitely would have gotten the party started for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And from that point, they just could not recover essentially from what it was. And that was their first turnover of the game. Then there was two more interceptions thrown, one by Spencer Sanders and another one by uh, Little Gundy. Mini Gundy. Yeah, little mini me Gundy, what it was. <laughs> so that was in, but that was a garbage time interception that really didn't matter that all that much. But just how that offense was, like this offense is like they had 217 total yards, 163 passing, um, 54 rushing yards. I, that is a that is a huge yeesh, especially what Spencer Sanders can do on the ground as well, not only with the talent that he has in his arms, so this is even more surprising. And they had average 3.4 yards per play. And I know our defense, our defense is, they like that. It's mm-hmm. it's mob ties for a reason, you feel me? But I, this is just a shocker from literally everybody involved that they did not put up a single point. And then on top of that, K-State was dealing with a lot of health problems. I yes. mean, I, I mean, we pointed this out earlier on the show. Daniel Green, possibly you can make the argument one the best linebacker on the team he was out Khalid Duke he was ejected for the first half he was out Felix was banged up at times uh and then you had Julius Brent dealing with a hamstring issue as well um just a lot of uncertainties around and it, it the K-State defense just made it look as if there was no problem whatsoever none whatsoever like they just the the just move and plug because we talked about this before especially last week, or I had my concerns with the linebacking core mm-hmm. because, like you listed out, there was no Daniel Green. There was no Khalid Duke for that first half. And uh, Bo Palmer, he unfortunately, he had an ACL tear think, yeah, in the, this past yeah. week for practice. So that's another linebacker who was going to be gone in an already shallow pool of them 
as far as deaths go on this team. So that's what I was concerned about. But then you had Nick Allen, mm-hmm. absolute stud. And then Desmond Fernell, who we, we know he's fell in before when Khalid Duke left the game against Iowa State. He's done a, he's done a good job. But I thought, like, you know what? That's that's literally it. But there was just it was a contribution from committee that literally everyone did their job, did their assignment and did it to a T. And talk about some of the players that don't see the field too much uh, too much. We saw Sincere Mason make some big plays. We saw Drake Cheatham come away with uh, four tackles as well. Jay Clifton, he filled in pretty well for Daniel Green for the most part. He came away with three solo tackles of his own. And it was just and everyone did such an incredible job. And also what stood out to me is that. Our corners, they did not have – they don't think they had any tackles. Like, Julius <laughs> Brintz didn't have to make a tackle. I think um, Echo Boyda only had to make one tackle. Yeah, and, like, a lot of guys in our secondaries, our corners, they didn't have to make any tackles. You know why? Because they – they like, the wide receivers for Oklahoma State was doing absolute jack diddly squat. Mm-hmm. They were not getting open. And it was just – they were just blanketing them. And I know there was one, you know – crap call that was a pass interference on Echo Boydo at one point in the game as well. We all know that, but that was still his coverage. Mwah, excellent. Probably one of the best that he's done this season. They were just, it was just, they they weren't getting anything on these K-State DBs. Nothing whatsoever. And then, of course, you had the strong play from Derek, uh, Drake Cheatham and Josh Hayes. Like, they've always been. Josh Hayes is arguably our best tackler on this team. One, one mm-hmm. could really say because as, mu- as much as he's gotten brighton guys down on the ground in open space and that's so hard to make an open field tackle but he he always just seems to come up big and he still did that and it was i'm telling you this defense by committee was just it was it was better than i could ever have expected to be honest i mean we were to the point where he's like oh no we're dealing yeah. with a high-powered offense in oklahoma state with a veteran qb and spencer sanders Meanwhile, we give up so many points to TCU while dealing with so many injuries. It's like possibly a worst-case scenario could have been like knocking on our front door. Right. And the next thing you know, after after this matchup, you're coming in saying, oh, my gosh, is this possibly the best defensive performance we've seen under the Chris Kleiman era? I would have to say so. I mean, I would have to say so too. I I I didn't get a chance to rewatch the game like I always do. And normally, when I'm on the sidelines doing sideline stuff, normally the second half I'll go up to the observation deck mm-hmm. and you know get the 22 man view of it. This time I didn't do that because the other time that I have, we kind of let our foot off the gas in the second half or we've just lost. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm superstitious. I'm gonna stay. So I didn't get a, necessarily get a chance to see what was going on from like that bird's eye view, like I normally like to do, and that was totally fine. But I felt like there was like Spencer Sanders also kind of got in his own head a little bit too. Oh yeah. Like he there's times where he had pressure, and of course like we this our defensive line is just full of studs, just completely and utterly. And we all know that Felix and Udike Uzama was just getting held like a mug the entire game mm-hmm. that was never called. We got that whatever. We're moving on, and of course the rest of them dogs that is up front. We get that Spencer Sanders was not really comfortable the entire time, but there were times where he didn't have a whole bunch of pressure. And he was just, like, paranoid that he did, and he was kind of whifting on on open guys that would have, you know, kept the drive alive or would have gotten them ahead of the sticks. But he just wasn't doing that. And there's also times where, of course, this is a this is a 3-3-5 defense. This is a defense that we've been playing for pretty much two seasons now, and it's been ultra-successful. Mm-hmm. But there's times where K-State was dropping eight guys in coverage, and only rushing with with you know three guys 
And Spencer Sanders, which we've seen him do, was kind of take off with it. There was there was space in the middle of the field for him to pick yeah. up at least a few yards. Not saying there's going to be a huge play or anything or something like that to, you know, bust off a 50-yard run or anything. I'm not saying that, but there was times where he would have helped his team get ahead of the chains a little bit, <laughs> and he just did it. I'm not sure didn't. why he didn't, or it was like because the, the opportunities were there. This is like no no game is ever perfect, okay? But he just didn't take those opportunities when it was presented to him, John. Well, I mean, from a K-State defensive perspective, I mean, that's almost as perfect as it could get. Um, but, yeah. I mean, putting into consideration with Spencer Sanders, he had so many opportunities to run through the gaps and make some big plays because, you know, sometimes K-State's run defense, they miss tackles at times. Uh, they were a little more on point this time, but there were some opportunities that Spencer Sanders could have gotten going. But but to put this into context, Gunnar Gundy, of all players, led the team in rushing yeah. 27 yards while everybody else couldn't do it. Spencer Sanders ran for negative, ne- uh, minus uh, seven carries, mi- negative nine yards. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable the way K-State deep, K-State's D shut him down. It was just, you you knew we had them. I, I guess whatever, like, the smile I was talking about with Spencer Sanders had on his face when he came back to the sideline after he threw that pick, he's like, you know what, we're all good. But I'm like, yo, every single time y'all handed the ball over, K-State scored. I'm just I'm just saying, I don't know how many punts we had the entire, we had four punts the entire game. I'm just, let's, let's let that sink in just mm-hmm. for a moment. K-State only punted the ball four times. This entire game. That's right. Do you know how sweet that is to hear? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I know, like, I know there's just we've had our offensive struggles, and I know we've had our offensive, like, incredible performance, but to just think only four times that they had to punt the ball, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sweet to hear how well we're doing offensively. And so on, like, I don't, it wasn't, there wasn't Jack, Jack Diddley squad to smile about on that sideline, Spencer. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, the energy, I know he tried to keep it up, but me being behind that, that sideline. And also they brought barriers, by the way. I don't, what That's the first time a, they, like a team like brought barriers, right? Did they do that or did K-State do that? Because that was weird. Uh, well, no, I think K-State did that. They were it, they were planning the, storm, the field storming. So Really? Yeah, so they... Because um, I was, thinking, I was, I was like, damn, I, was, I wasn't here before. I, I was in the front of a line. They said, you're going to go to your left. Oh, so they um, were actually go. like directing you, like, okay, yeah, we're so gonna start on the field here. This is where you go. Go go around the barrier, so the players in the like can shake hands, do all that. Yeah, then they can get out, and then while they're doing that, the students are still going through, still going to try and pass through the barriers, uh, and then go around and then and then okay. mess around with the team. And okay, all that I stuff. thought I thought Oklahoma State did that. I thought they were doing that just to be bougie. <laughs> to, to be honest, that's that's what I was thinking. But still, how that sideline was, that sideline was literally like defeated. From from the word go, but it seems like you know you're all you're always in a game, but at some point when you're down twenty eight to nothing and you throw another pick, that's yeah meh, meh you know what I mean. But that's just a testament of how well this defense did all together and still offensively what they showed. I mean, this is something that I talked about over the summer as well. That the most exciting thing that I couldn't wait to see was their receiving core, mm-hmm. and this is a game where like. Already, the few games that we've had, that we had two 100-yard receivers against Iowa State. Uh, that was the first time that happened, I think, since, like, what, 2017, 2018 maybe. And now you had this game where you had Malik Knowles. He had, uh, like, 113 yards, and Cade Warner had 97. So he was this close to having 100 yards himself. 
like this is something that I hope can be incorporated for when Adrian Martinez comes back as well because we know Adrian Martinez can throw the ball. That's obvious, okay? But he's just so dynamic on his feet. And especially when you're considering some of the misconnections between Martinez and Warner at times. And um, yeah. once when Will, Will Howard filled in for Martinez, I mean, after that first catch with um, between Howard and Warner, it just looked like things were starting to click. Like, 100%. It, 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 looked, it just looked like it was kind of clockwork. I, I hope I hope Martinez is able to kind of um, kind of recover for in, in the same role as Howard did. Um, but you, you are right. The some of the wide receivers made the biggest plays, especially Kid Warner with the two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Knowles had a, had himself a heyday, um, just which we all knew that he was capable of doing. Oh yeah, like no. he's already at like a career high, I think, Since. at this point of the season, only because of is the offenses that or like the coordinators we had before. It was not a wide receiver friendly offense, and this year it's just completely changed because now I know since Colin Klein is at the helm. As the offensive coordinator, I know that the guys on the edges are going to get a lot more opportunities to catch the ball than they ever have. I mean, we saw the LSU game in January. Yes. And Millie Knowles just popped off. I mean, I've never seen him play the way he did. It and was the ability we knew that he had. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hitting end of a season, he was one of the few impact players that I was really excited to see uh, just really pan out. Um, he's he's looked a lot more athletic. He was uh, cutting on all on all cylinders and edges. I mean, he was just finding finding enough separation um, to make those explosive plays happen. He really was, and it was, and they spread the ball so much. Like let's let, let me lean all the guys who got got some attention. Like obviously Malik Knowles, Cade Warner, Philip Brooks. He had 41 yards. It felt like he had more, but he also had a really I huge touchdown catch. You see, you thought he had more too because he's been he's been dynamic this season as well. Mm-hmm. He had one touchdown, and you had Ben Snitted. Uh, he got a couple of targets, one one catch though for 25 yards. Deuce Vaughn had a one hell of a snag in the end zone that was to impressive. end the half. I'm just telling every every single game that Deuce Vaughn plays, his draft stock just keeps going up. Um, this is like I think the second game in a row or second home. I don't know. He made another incredible catch at some point this season as well and he did this diving catch in the end zone at the end of the half as well and then DJ Giddens he caught a pass for just two yards but he also showed off some hands last week against TCU. Vaughn is Deuce Vaughn I cannot stress this enough he is the perfect example of a video game player. Ain't he though? You can I mean you once when you like press the B B on your Xbox or PlayStation uh, remote control. Uh, I mean that that's that like gets your player to like fully dictate what he's gonna do. I mean he just makes it like he just makes a clock work on everybody. I mean he's like a human joystick. Just he's just, a human joystick. Whoop whoop whoop. whoop, that's whoop, just, whoop. He's just going everywhere. Every, every time and honestly that was it was like what sixty eight yards I want to say this long touchdown run or sixty two something on those lines where he just absolutely out. like just. Busted through. A one a offensive line just did an absolutely incredible job on Saturday as well. But then he got in. You every time Deuce Vaughn is in space, you always hold your breath because you know he's gonna do something. He gonna do something with it. Every, every single time he does it, that's when everyone gets so excited. Not a lot of other teams get excited when they're running backs. You know, get to that second level to the running backs. But us, we do because you know we know we all know. And they know, the defense knows what he can do when he gets to that point where you only need to give him is just a sliver of space, just a sliver, and that boy gone. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. But we will be right back with some more stuff after this short break. Please stay tuned. This is Run It Back here on Wildcat 919. Calling all the monsters. Calling all the monsters. 
Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. Joined with me is John Grove in the studio with you on a lovely Halloween night. I hope you guys are doing it big here on Halloween, getting all the candy. I know looking absolutely sharp and crazy on this beautiful Halloween night. And we're talking about things that are getting a little spooky around these parks. And the biggest and spookiest thing that was the encounter of Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Kansas State absolutely mm-hmm. thumping that behind beating Oklahoma State 48 to nothing. And That's right. ladies and gentlemen, it was delicious. And John, we talked about this a lot throughout the show. Just won an incredible job literally on offense, on defense, on special teams, what we'll get to, but also just how completely and an utterly terrible Oklahoma State was. This was this was such unfamiliar territory for us and especially them because they're not they're mm-hmm. not used to being one blanketed or just absolutely dominated in every facet. I mean, this is the first time Emma Mike Gundy. I mean, this is the worst loss in the Mike Gundy era, giving up 48 points while not scoring any of your own. I mean, that's just. Ugh. This no, was like what no. the first shutout since what 2009 for since Oklahoma 2009, State. Since 2009, they lost to OU 27 to zero. Oof, gosh, and this means this is even worse than that. That's right. Oh I mean, I mean, gosh. it's the worst loss in the Gundy era at this point. So, I mean, I know they had a few bad stints in the, in the early 1990s, but I mean, that was just this is just a very bad loss. Very bad loss indeed. It was it was so incredibly rough, and we and we talked about this before. How offensively Spencer Sanders, how he was looking was just completely off. Granted, I know K-State defense, we talked about them to give them credit where credit is due. They played a near-perfect game. But where there's moments where they weren't perfect necessarily, Spencer Sanders didn't take advantage of it. He did not. What's, whatsoever. There was lanes for him to probably run to pick up a few yards to get them closer to the first down if it wasn't like a huge play or anything. He didn't do that. He didn't take those chances. And I know when there was pressure, Spencer Sanders dealt with quite a bit of pressure on Saturday. But when there was times where there wasn't pressure, he just that mental clock that he had in his head where it told him to get the ball away quickly, that went off. But it was failing him because if he just kind of took his time just a little bit more, he would have hit a couple of open guys to keep the chains moving. And he did not do that whatsoever. And it was just completely all messed up. And then on the other side of the ball, defensively for Oklahoma State, they just was getting dominated, especially especially in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line did one hell of a job absolutely putting a hat on the hat and just literally manhandling grown men is what the K-State offensive line was doing. There was a couple plays where there was one, there was like a wham block that they talked about on TV a lot. I think it was like Ben Sinnott came in and absolutely cleared a lane for uh, Deuce Vaughn as he picked up about like 10 or 12 yards on the ground pick up a first down yeah. they talked about that a lot then Hadley Panzer and I think uh Gillum I don't remember who fully it was but it was on that touchdown run and catch from Cade Warner where he just threw somebody off to the side <laughs> necessarily on on that screen and that was just how it, how it was for them but this was still a, a Oklahoma State defense and offense that we are just not used to seeing. And this is an Oklahoma State offense that is scoring an average of forty-four and a half points per game. Exactly. I mean that. I mean now the average is just gonna just plummet after after what we saw yesterday. But I mean it is what it is. It's 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 some of the unique stuff that we don't see every often with some of these teams. Like they're not gonna play to their uh, they're not gonna play to their uh, to their best and. There's gonna be a lot of teams that do play to the best. It's just the way it works. College football is just so unique. You're you're gonna just see some of these outings 
that you're just not going to be accustomed to seeing and which Oklahoma State's and and well the entire team was just completely out of whack it was incredibly terrible and John what do you know what they were saying like the Oklahoma State fans or their media do you know what like what was their reaction to all this because it was it was imminent from from the word go well I do recall one of our one of our students uh, who, who attended the game he he we went he crossed the end zone uh, and tweeted out I I made it into the end zone more times than the Oklahoma State offense did. Yeah. I mean, oh, ain't, things ain't looking too pretty, I must say. Oh, no, gosh. It is. Mm, 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 you might want to put a bag over its head because this was, this was an ugly outing for the Oklahoma State Pokes, Cowboys, whatever the hell they called. But still, it was just. I, I know we, we talked about this, and I know we're just repeating ourselves just how it was. But this was just so incredibly uncharacteristic for them. But still, 1,000% credit, okay, mm-hmm. going to K-State's defense, who we thought was was going to be in a position for them to give up a bunch of yards and possibly a bunch of points because of how depleted that we thought they were going to be. And how we, and how we thought uh, on paper how just completely loaded Oklahoma State looked to be. It wasn't exactly. it, it wasn't TCU offense good, but it was it was still up there. They're yeah, they're up there. They they they've shown that they can put points on the board. Like you said, John, they averaged what, forty four point seven points per game coming into Saturday and that's just gonna completely plummet now and that's where it was. But this just shows how every level, every facet of the game, K State was just completely under control, under control offensively, under control defensively, and now special teams as well. And we all saw right. that we had um Phillip Brooks. He had a huge punt return that set K State up in some great field position that I do believe led to a score. And then mm-hmm. you also had, which was kind of the storyline coming into it, that Chris Tennant and there was we didn't know what he was gonna do. There was gonna be opened up a little bit of a competition without really a competition. How Coach Kwame was putting it between um, Chris Tennant and Ty Zintner and uh, somebody else getting a chance to kick some field goals. But this time it was Ty Zintner through the entire game on Saturday. And he he was two for two. Granted, there wasn't necessarily like, putting him in challenging positions to really to kick a field goal. Like he didn't yeah. have to be like, you know, set up for like a 45 yard field goal or anything. But I think his like longest one was like 29 yards. Okay, and that's he had some chip shot field goals, but his was his was on the money. There was no little like little like moment of where you're taking a back to like, oh, that one looked like it barely snuck through the uprights. His was like automatic. No, no, no worries at all. And I guess having I guess having the advantage of only having four punts to kick. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll get plenty of rest. I mean, what and then once when you're uh, going out there for the little uh, chip shot field goals. Then all you have to do is just uh, run back. I mean, you don't have to go onto the field for, too often on fourth down. Um, you're saving you're saving enough energy um, for whenever the scoring occurs for K State. Uh, and the next thing you know, I mean, he just continues to just bomb uh, bomb the kickoffs as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now I do not know what this is going to mean for Chris Tennant, and as far as the kicking game is concerned. I I don't I don't I do not know I don't know. Granted, this this since there was no really uh, possible situation that Ty Zinner was in to where, like I said, he was, like, didn't have to kick a forty-five yarder or forty-yard or anything like that he just kicked a twenty-nine yarder. Granted, I know when you're kicking a field goal, it's never it's never really a guaranteed thing, especially oh, with no. college kickers first and fo- and first and foremost. But I mean, I feel like if you wanted, you know, Chris Tennant to kick like a 25 yard field goal I feel like he would probably do it but the fact that 
Ty Zinner came in instead, I feel like it does kind of speak some volumes necessarily on on what they had in him in him and Ty Zinner and just keeping Chris Tennant on the bench. So I, maybe they're gonna stay with Ty Zinner. I think that this is this occurred before. This is not the first time Ty Zinner has had to kick a field goal. He I think he came in last season as well. But you won't you want to overload a kicker so much <laughs> because he does punt, he does do kickoffs, and for him to add this on his plate as well, you, you know maybe he's comfortable with it. I I don't know, and we're not in the locker room. We don't know how these things are gonna go. But considering that we are special teams, you and that's just not with returns and kickoff returns and punt returns. This means wanting to be as good as we possibly can as far as the kicking game as well. Mm -hmm. So for them to have Ty Zinner like that, I guess it it does kind of speak a few volumes of what's going on here now. In terms of just giving a little more insurance to the kicking situation as well. And uh, and it's nothing against Chris Tennant and some of the other guys, but um, it just looked like there was just a little more a little more settlement with with with, with Chris Tent. I mean, sorry, with Ty Zentner overall. Just, I mean, just seeing. I mean, just seeing some of his field goals already. It just looked like it was clean, and it didn't look as if there were too many problems. Not sure if that's going to be the case moving forward, but I mean, for the purposes and sakes of this game, I mean, he, it looked like it was. He, he, it just looked as if he had a heyday, and nothing really went all that bad. No, nothing. Honestly, everything went so incredibly great for K-State on Saturday. How often are you able to say that? This was like the first complete game I think K-State has had in years, possibly even 10 years. People were talking about West Virginia 2012. Mm-hmm. That's that's how long it's been since K-State has had a complete, complete game at all three phases like this. Perhaps I mean, you can go even further than that, maybe dating back to the first time Bill Snyder was there, like the Big 12 championship and all that. I mean, it was it was just – it was one of the mat- fewer games I was not expecting for this turnout to occur. Yeah. Uh, see, we've said it all show long. This was so incredibly unexpected as far as – because, granted, we, we know Casey had a chance to win. We, we truly did. However, you guys want to think about how Will was starting or not – K-State 100% had a chance to win coming into this game with us not knowing yeah. that Oklahoma State were going to play as bad as they did. So to just see where this is at, and now K-State holds sole possession of second place in the Big 12. So I think it's going to be exciting now, considering now all we have to do is wait. We have, what, four games left? Four games left. Four and games left. It starts off with Texas this weekend. Texas this weekend. It's a night game on FS1. Kickoff is at 6 o'clock. So why not keep this ball rolling, ladies and gentlemen? But this has been Run It Back here on Wildcat 91. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am Jasmine. That is John. Everyone have a great Halloween. We will be back next Monday. See y'all then.